Welcome to the Teen Financial Freedom Podcast with co-hosts Jacob and Terry. Teen Financial Freedom is a personal finance blog run by teens who are on a mission to equip their peers with the knowledge, resources, and understanding they need to become financially free for the rest of their lives. Hey guys, welcome back to the Teen Financial Freedom Podcast. Uh, I'm Terry Turner here, joined by Jacob, and today we're going to talk a little bit about real estate. So just recently, Jacob and I joined a group called Sheik's Freaks, which was a group started by a high school teacher in Colorado uh, named Mr. Dan. Um, I think we, I believe we actually did a interview with him just recently, which if I'm not mistaken, you guys will probably have seen by the time this episode comes out. But once we joined the group, Jacob started getting to meet a lot of the guys in there. And he started hearing about uh, kind of real estate and how these younger guys were getting involved with it um, at a lot earlier of an age. And he kind of really had been thinking about. And so it piqued his interest. And so from that, he's been studying a little bit more about real estate and reading up on it. And then as for myself, uh, my mom started the real estate business about a year and a half ago, maybe close to two years. And I've learned some interesting things from the real estate uh, world through her and some interesting lessons as well. So we'll have plenty to uh, talk about, but today I thought we would just kind of share what we've learned so far about real estate, what we know about young people like ourselves who are in the 18, 19, 20, anywhere from under 25 to 18 range who are getting into real estate and how they do it. And then maybe lastly, some some goals we have for ourselves regarding real estate. So to start us off, uh, Jacob, do you want to share a little bit about I mean, I guess you're the perfect fit for our or perfect position for our audience right now. Kind of share how you started getting into real estate or started learning about it and what particularly about it piqued your interest. Sure. Yeah. So as you said, we just joined this Sheik's Freaks group a couple of weeks ago and these guys are just so passionate about real estate. It kind of blew my mind, like seeing all these young people so passionate about it, because in my mind, it's something you do when you're older, you know, like mid twenties at the earliest. That's what I was thinking. So as a, uh, going to be a college freshman, I'm not really thinking about real estate, uh, as much as these other guys in this group are. So when I get in this group and I start seeing, um, these guys being so interested in this, it starts to kind of pique my interest as well. Um, but then I start to hear these success stories, of these guys who have got their properties by the time they are like 19 years old, like before the time they turn 20, they already have their first multifamily home. Uh, So I'm hoping we get these guys on the podcast in the next few weeks, trying to kind of line that up right now, but that would be so cool for you guys to hear. And they're going to know a lot more than we know. But essentially I started to realize that I can actually get into real estate a lot sooner than I first anticipated. And so my goal is to now get my first property by the time I'm 20 years old. Uh, That's currently like 15 months from now. So I have 15 months to learn everything I need to learn, to get the money to somehow do this, to get approved for these loans. I mean, I don't even know everything that you have to do yet, but that's my goal is to get there by the time I'm 20 years old. Uh, And the strategy I'll be going after is called house hacking. Uh, We just talked about this with Daniel Philpot on the podcast. I've been writing blogs about it a little bit more recently as we learn more about it. But essentially, house hacking comes down to buying a multifamily home, like a duplex, triplex, or fourplex, living in one of the units, 
and then renting the other units out. Now you're able to use, I mean, if you do this right, you're able to use the income that you generate from the rent from the other units to pay not only for your mortgage, but all of the expenses. And then if you get a great deal, you can actually generate cash flow um, money in your pocket as profit every single month. And so that's kind of been the strategy I've been looking into. So in order to get to real estate investing at such a young age, I think what people uh, need to go after are these low down payment loans. Um, and the one that I'm going to be going after is called an FHA loan. It stands for Federal Housing Administration. Um, but these loans allow you to put as little as 3.5% down on a property which is crucial if you're so young, because unless you have thousands of dollars of cash sitting around, you're going to need um, a lower down payment to get started. Um, and so I'm kind of starting to save for that. Now I'm trying to figure out, you know, exactly how much that would cost me and um, trying to save that, that amount up. And the, the strategy with that is to get this um, low down payment loan. Uh, you still have to cover your closing costs as well. And that's usually about four percent of the property's value and so in total you're looking at putting down about seven and a half percent on your property uh, and so keep that in mind but in order to get this fha loan you have to live in the property for a year and so my plan going forward is to get my first property by the time i am 20 years old live in that for a year um, and then at that point I actually want to move out buy another property and from there I'll rent out the the unit that I lived in okay so it's generating more cash flow then I'll go in on another property um, and essentially just repeat the entire process stay in that one for a year um, and, and you know do that for a few years let's say you do it for five years five different house hacks um, by the time I'm 25 years old I'll have five properties Hopefully they're each cash flowing close to $1,000 a month. If you do the math on that, that's $60,000 a year in passive income from your real estate investments, just in cash flow. It's not even including equity, you know, appreciation, tax benefits, all of that. Uh, and then of course the properties themselves are worth, you know, several hundred thousand dollars. And hopefully you've paid um, a, a decent amount of that off to the point where you have that much equity and uh, you're, you're talking about owning or hundreds of thousands of dollars of real estate properties and having them generate $60,000 a year um, in passive income. Like you were talking about some serious financial independence here because this is just house hacking. What if on top of that, you have a W-2 job and on top of that, you're running a business, you know, and on top of that, you're investing, you know, you could reach financial independence at such a young age. We'll be talking about that more in another episode. So I'm not going to dive too deep into that. But basically, my vision is to do a house hack like this a few times. Uh, and, and until I build up enough of a portfolio, where I have a couple hundred thousand in real estate, um, and they're kind of generating me enough cash flow to kind of be considered a job, honestly. Like if you're making 60 grand a year, like you're you're in a good spot. And so yeah. uh, that's kind of my goal going forward, hoping to hit that. By the time I'm 25, I'm hoping to have those five properties, you know, so getting that first property uh, in basically the next year. So that's kind of my goals with real estate. But Terry, what, what are your goals? 
my mom got started about a year or two ago in, in real estate. And that's kind of, how, kind of how I started slowly learning about it. And so I really like the, the approach you've taken there with doubling down on learning about house hacking because I'm familiar with the strategy, but I haven't really put much thought into it uh, before. Um, I guess part of it is because I'm living at home with my parents right now and not because I'm financially incapable of you know, getting my own place. I'm, if I got a job and doubled down and was really serious about it, I'm sure I could, but simply just because I'm trying to save money, things like that. And and because <laughs> my college is literally, no joke, literally a block across the street. Um, it seems a little silly for me to you know, um, go into a bunch of debt just to try to move out for, I don't know what reason. So I'm grateful to have a good relationship with my parents and I can uh, stick around for the summers while I'm finishing my college education. So it's been kind of the reason I haven't rushed to move out of the house, uh, just to try to save money and keep building my capital. Um, but similar to you, Jacob, um, I would love to have a few properties owned um, at least by the before I'm 25. And my idea uh, for doing that was I had some businesses and specifically cryptocurrency that I've been working on that I'm hoping will have a big enough amount of money or a sum of money uh, for me to start diversifying into real estate. Specifically, you know, businesses are pretty obvious themselves. They just generate cash. But with crypto, um, it's obviously a very volatile asset um, or asset class. And while there's a lot of money to be made, you can lose it fairly easily as well. And I don't want to have um, millions in crypto. I would love to be able to diversify it as well. So my idea for diversifying it um, was real estate. So I guess my goal would be to be able to pull out enough money from cryptocurrency earnings specifically at, at this time, uh, cryptocurrency earnings in say like a year or two to be able to put a down payment or to outright buy a full house. It'll probably be real cheap, like say 10 grand or 50 grand, maybe in poor shape, but I could fix it up a little and make it a rental. So my first idea was was getting into rentals. However, there's a lot with tenants that I have to look into and all, all those things as well. But if I ended up moving out in the next year or so, I would also legitimately look into house hacking and just turning those into a rental. I really, really like that idea. Honestly, I'm kind of a similar path as Jacob, um, but I'm sort of just focusing now on doubling down on how to generate that initial capital I'll need to diversify into real estate. Um, Cause I'm hoping my mom will still have her business in a year or so. And there'll be a lot of really good connections there. Even if she doesn't, I'll have some knowledge and she will to be able to find a good deal on a property um, that could kickstart, I guess, my real estate portfolio. So that's the gist of it. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think you got a solid plan there. Curious if you've heard of something called down payment assistance. I have not, no. Okay. so. This is actually a fairly like unpopular in, in terms of like not very many people talking about it. Mm -hmm. um, but I've kind of heard this from a few people now, but there is this thing called down payment assistance where these programs offer to give you money to cover your down payment and your mm -hmm. closing costs. So you could potentially end up paying no money uh, to get your first property depending wow. on which program you use. And they kind of vary state by state. Um, but for example, I was kind of looking at these ones uh, in Arizona because that's where I'm going to school next fall. But there is this program where they offer you 5%, I think it's five, maybe it's 10% 
but we'll say 5% of the property's value as a secondary loan. So mm -hmm. you get your mortgage that covers in this case, like 96, almost 97% of your, um, your house costs because you got an FHA loan, but then you use this down payment assistance, um, like second loan to cover that 3.5% that you had to put down. And then I guess some of the closing costs in this case, it wouldn't cover all of it, but it would come pretty darn close. Uh, and then the cool part about this loan is one, there's no interest on it. So it never incurs any interest Two, there's no minimum payments. So you technically don't owe money like every month. It's more so um, you owe this money and you have to pay it off at some point. Um, but here's the, the biggest thing is that this loan is forgiven in three years. So if you lived in the property for three years, they potentially give you this money for free. And so it kind of, it sounds too good to be true, yeah. but essentially it's, it's these programs that are kind of sponsored by the government wanting to get people to um, purchase. Usually it's for first time home buyers. So they're trying to get you into real estate and it, it's meant for people who couldn't normally get into it uh, as easily. And so, I mean, at first I heard you had to be low income, but it's like, you have to be, you have to make less than a hundred thousand a year. I'm like, yeah, I don't make that. And so <laughs> you can still, uh, I mean, they say low income, but to me, like that is mid, like mid class, right. almost borderline, like upper class. And so, uh, you know, really you can make a good amount of money and still be eligible for these loans. And so, I mean, definitely check this out, Terry. And for you yeah. listeners who are interested in this, like check this out. What I would do is just look up down payment assistance programs and then your state. So you do it for Colorado, Kentucky, Arizona, whatever, and look into these programs and see, you know, maybe your state has ones that just suck, but maybe your state has some pretty awesome ones. Like it sounds like Arizona does to me. So uh, look into that. That would be kind of one thing that, you know, I would, I would just, you know, try to encourage uh, our listeners to, to learn more about, cause that's one of the more, um, you know, unpopular uh, strategies out there. Yeah. I mean, for sure. Cause I mean, I've, I've never even heard of that. And that's uh, a, first off, what, what really catches my eye about that more so than the no money down thing is the fact that it's a 0% interest loan uh, with really no payment requirements. And the fact that it can potentially be forgiven in a few years, I'm just like, sheesh, that's, that's crazy. Free money. <laughs> um, yeah. Literal free money, getting you into real estate to build your portfolio of assets. I mean, like what, what, what could be better? Um, so that's, yeah, that's legitimately something you could look into and um, start to learn more about. Uh, another tip I'll throw out there. My mom is specifically a, a wholesaler in real estate. And so the gist of how it works is a wholesaler basically connects a buyer and a seller. Um, so she has a pool of investors and usually high net worth individuals um, with maybe a couple hundred grand in cash that they want to put in real estate. And so what she'll do is um, she'll reach out to people around our counties or the surrounding counties, and she'll find um, homes that have either been abandoned by their owners or the owners are out of state or old rentals that the owners don't, uh, don't want anymore or other distressed homes of, the nat of that nature. Um, they're often in pretty poor shape. And so she'll negotiate with the, with the, uh, with the sellers and then connect them with the buyer. And the buyer is willing to like to, to buy the whole the whole house and to, to cover the whole loan and to basically get the seller 
out of their home or out of that house or property they don't want anymore um, in, in around a week-ish. I can't remember the exact timeframes, um, but it's, a, it's however fast they sign the documents and get them looked at by some lawyers to process them. But essentially, the gist of it is wholesaling has started to become pretty popular in the last two years for getting beginners into the real estate world because it builds them connections. And then it also teaches you about how to value, evaluate properties um, and then to be able to put smaller sums of cash down and buy your own properties. There's even a guy named Pace who teaches something called sub two financing, uh, which is a different type of way to buy homes with a little cash down. I can't remember the whole, the whole gist of it because I haven't taken his class. Um, but I was also just going to throw that out there that um, for those of you um, who are interested in getting into real estate at a young age, um, there's, there's house hacking, which Jacob has talked about, um, but there's also um, whole, wholesaling. And I think there's something called bird dog. That's what it is, a bird dog for, for real estate people um, to where if you have very little knowledge, you can go out there and get those leads and connect them with a wholesaler or a realtor um, and they'll pay you a finder's fee for that. Um, so there's, there's lots of way to get started in the real estate world, even with uh, very little knowledge. And there's plenty of um, different people out there to learn from content creators and all these, all these things. Yeah, I got um, one more yeah, one more it. method real quick. There's something called seller financing. Not sure if you're familiar yeah. with this, Terry, but yeah, essentially uh, in seller financing, instead of working through like a traditional bank or a mortgage company, uh, you you have the seller act as the bank, and they yep. basically provide you with a loan um, where they they give you you know the rights to the house. You own the house. Um, but you pay them the mortgage payment every single month, uh, which includes, you know, obviously the principal that the house is worth, but as as well as interest. So it's basically a traditional mortgage um, just towards the seller instead of towards the bank. This is pretty popular for people who can't get approved for traditional mm -hmm. loans. Uh, and it's going to work well for young people because you might not have, like one of the requirements is you have to have two years of consistent income on tax returns. Uh, and so like myself, I've been self-employed for almost two years now and my income is not very consistent. So I might not be eligible for these uh, FHA loans and for this um, down payment assistance program or whatever. It's also good for people who don't have good credit. Uh, you can potentially negotiate with the seller and end up still getting a deal because you're not working through a traditional uh bank. And so it's a lot harder to find these deals. Like typically you just have to cold call people and ask them if they want to sell their home. Mm -hmm. um, but if you are interested in that and you think you might not be eligible or you try to apply for a loan and don't get it, then you can try this as well. The loans are, or the notes are a little different. They're usually shorter timeframes, like five to 10 years. Uh, and so that means your payment, your monthly payment is going to be much higher that's because just the seller is trying to get out of real estate usually and trying to convert uh, their their real estate into cash and earn a little bit of interest on it as well and maybe spread out their capital gains. Um, so they're they're spreading or their their notes are usually five to ten years, which is you know a lot less than a fifteen or thirty year mortgage. Um, but you know an interesting strategy you can kind of customize the, customize the deal the way you want it to be. Um, but just one one extra method you can use if those other ones don't work out for you. 
Yeah, absolutely. And funnily enough, um, once you said that, it actually rang a bell. I was like, hey, I've heard my mom talk about that because I think she's actually done several of the seller financing deals and they were pretty popular with, like you said, people who didn't uh, qualify for traditional bank loans. And she's, she's, she's helped connect a few buyers and sellers through seller financing. Uh, and that's that's a really good strategy as well. Um, so last note I'll leave is that even though some of this might sound kind of crazy, and if you're not familiar with all these these terms and stuff, or are wondering why someone would even bother going through an investor or do seller financing rather than going through a traditional bank and realtor. Um, oftentimes it's because either you get better deals or there's more speed um, or it's just easier, less fees. There's, there's several different um, reason someone would go through wholesalers or, or do seller financing, these other strategies. So don't be discouraged if you've never heard of them before. I would imagine we probably will come out with some real estate content in the near future with some more details on these different strategies and terms. Um, but if you don't see those things and you're interested in learning more, feel free to reach out to us, email us, uh, DM us on Instagram, and we'll be more than happy to share all the resources and links we know and that we have. But with that, Jacob, do you have anything else you want to mention? Nope, I'm good. Cool. Um, thanks for listening to this episode. Um, we hope you guys enjoyed it, and uh, we'll catch you guys next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Teen Finance for Freedom podcast. We would greatly appreciate it if you could subscribe, leave a review, and share this with someone who needs it. 